Welcome to Nine Bob Note with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nine Bob Note. I am Paul, and I'm Ken. Hi there. Hello. We've we've been away for a couple of weeks, Ken. I think we. Uh, forgot how many Saturdays there are in January. <laughs> a couple of weeks hiatus as we use in the broadcast circles. <laughs> yes, well, we're, we're now on January the 42nd. <laughs> and before we do start, I'd just like to say, uh, give a little shout out to Frankie Pie, who sent oh. us a, a lovely little message on Twitter. I'm missing you. You've been off. Is the podcast on a break? It's been a busy January. Uh, as, as with all Januaries, there are eight or nine weeks in it before you start February. <laughs> And we've both been busy, but it's always nice to know that our single listener out there is, <laughs> is really enjoying it. So it's nice to be missed. So thank you very much, Frankie. It, it uh, was a, a nice little lift, that. It was a nice concern tweet. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Frankie. You don't We're get back. many of those on Twitter. <laughs> Ken, you're back in the driving seat this week. We haven't just mixed up the rotor. You're back in for a very special reason. It is. It's my birthday. St. Valentino's Day. <laughs> And as a result, it's my crack at the birthday honours. Stephen Fry. Oh. Yes. I've always been a fan of Stephen Fry. He's, for those of you who don't know who he is, I, I mean, I, I'm not even going <laughs> to, you, you just, you don't deserve to be listening to this podcast. Off you go and find out who he is. He is England's most prominent is eccentric the word? Uh, but he's very knowledgeable. He's just, mm. he's an actor, comedian, writer. He was the, the first host of QI. Just anything you throw at him, he knows about. He's Oxford educated. Is it Oxford or Cambridge? I think Cambridge, actually, I think. I should know. I've read all of his autobiographies. <laughs> I should have remembered which one it is. But he is proudly and openly homosexual and clearly has been for a very long time. I think to the point where... His autobiographies, if you go through them, it details from a very early age up to, he's got to the late 90s now with his latest autobiography. But it's all, it documents his progress as a gay, as a subtext. Yeah. And it's all in there. But I just find uh, that it's the slightest part of him, really. I find the man absolutely fascinating, the way that he's got where he got. Uh, His first advert that he did a voiceover for in the early 80s, he thought he was doing it for £20. He was doing it for £20,000. And, he, <laughs> and he, he openly admits in the entry after that, he said, uh, from that day to this, I have never worried about money ever again. It's just this this great roller coaster tale of a man who was, despite the fact that he's had some questionable private activities, he had a, a long-running cocaine habit. I cannot mm. and will not ever countenance the use of, well, cocaine, heroin, anything like that. I, I know it, it, the drugs just are not for me. I'm quite happy with gin and the occasional <laughs> cigar. That will do me nicely. That aspect of it, I don't like. And he he himself is quite derisory of. He doesn't look back on it as as his proudest habit over yeah. those that period of years. But everything that he's about, he, he makes impassioned speeches. He's done a few of the wreath lectures whenever he's asked to speak on anything. He's always erudite and he's always knowledgeable. And this is where you'll come in, because <laughs> I suspect at some point he's been either a, a Pink News Award winner or something, or from a, the gay side of the coin, what is it to you guys? Well, I mean, he's, he's very much... <laughs> So drowned, didn't you? 
What a way to go. Oh, went down wrong hole. Oh, is that a Stephen Fry quote? It's a, it should be, shouldn't it? Uh, back to Stephen Fry, you were saying. <laughs> yeah. He is everything that you've already said. I think one of the things is he's always known he's gay mm. or, you know, for, for quite a long time. I think, and obviously I haven't researched this. That would be monstrous, yes. <laughs> yeah. Neither have I, even though I knew this was coming up. <laughs> yeah. Where's the fun in that? Um, I think, though, he was outed or he was forced to come out rather than just choosing to do it. I'm not 100% sure that's true, but I think it was around... He, he did have a, as you say, a big crisis. He he had a drug addiction and quite a lot of mental health problems. Mm. He he disappeared completely for a while, didn't he? Just he was in a play, I think it was 1996, mm. he was in a play called Cellmates, and he just, one night, he just went, <laughs> he just left. Fairly sure he ran off abroad yeah, and just disappeared for a few years. For anybody else, that would have been... Career ending. That would have been, yeah, you hot job. He's, just, he's off his head. <laughs> yeah. And there'd have been picture in the Sunday Mail or something of him on a beach somewhere, Stephen Fry on the rocks or some, <laughs> yeah. or some other porn, a blurry photo from 250 <laughs> yards away. And that would have been the end of that. He somehow bounced back from it. I think it was maybe because he came back and he talked about what had happened mm. and he talked about the fact that it was it was his fault that he'd got into drugs and you know he didn't blame anyone else or, or anything mm. like that it was this is this is what happened to me this is why i went off the rails i went away i'm back now if you you know if you'll have me <laughs> then, and and obviously I, that kind of helps to endear endear himself to to us everyone's sort of been through stuff where and, and done things that we're not really proud of. It just happens that his were completely in the in public, the public yeah. eye. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's not a sort of headline grabbing celebrity, always in the spotlight. But he's never, or you know, since he came out, he's never shied away from talking about mm. his his gayness. He got married, didn't he? He did. He married somebody uh, quite a bit younger, I think. Yes. He's about he's, 20 or 30 years younger, yeah. Yeah, I think he's an, an American actor, if I... Uh... Yes, Stephen Fry's husband is Elliot Spencer. Oh, he's a comedian, apparently. Oh. He was 30 years his junior. Mm. And I, I think that was one of those where, when when that happened, there was quite you know a few raised eyebrows about is he, you know, is he having another midlife mm. crisis? This isn't going to last. This guy's obviously after him for his money. And it just turns out that they, you know, they just really like each other and they, they seem to be quite a nice, quite a nice couple. Seems the best reason to get married. Well, liking someone. Yeah. 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 I believe it's quite a good reason. Uh, you, I mean, you mentioned there about coming back and saying, look, I've stuffed up at this. This was my fault. No one else is to blame. He'll have me back. I'll come. Have you seen Tony Slattery recently? No. <laughs> oh, me, oh, my. But I didn't realise. He's cropped up in the past sort of 12, 18 months mm. as somebody, a, another one who, is, he, I mean, he's, he's really a contemporary of Stephen Fry. He's, mm. That whole sort of uh, 80s, 90s culture, he was there with Stephen Fry, really. But he's another, I didn't know he was gay. No, no, I don't. No, actually. he's been. I was about to say he's been gay all. Yes, he, he, he is a gay. <laughs> I just decided one walk up one day. I think I'll have a crack at being gay. Uh, but no, he's he's had his own drink and drugs problems, and he is 
not his former self. Right. I'll just give you a second to look him up on Google. <laughs> da, da, da. Tony Slattery, actor. Oh. Yeah, he's changed <laughs> a bit in the intervening leads. yeah. That doesn't look anything like him. Although he does look happy. Yes, uh, but he's had... A bit of a resurgence because uh, somebody, some, I think it was The Guardian or something, mm. did a, an interview with him. And this sort of sparked a renaissance of, of interest in him. Yeah. And I think there's been, although I've not seen it, some documentary or interview or TV interview. And it's sort of given him a little bit of a boost back into the public arena. Now, yeah. he's one of those hard, I'd say hard luck cases. He is, <laughs> he's obviously just spaffed all his money on drink and drugs, but. <laughs> He was always quite a popular figure on telly. He wasn't one of those pe- people you saw on telly and thought, oh, for God's sake, not here. Mm. I can't stand him. <laughs> he just was on television at one point all the time and then all of a sudden wasn't. Disappeared, yeah. So I think there's a, a, an element of public sympathy for people that don't just crash out of the limelight and people couldn't stand them to start with. And we're like, mm. yeah, well, you've had your, we can't really feel too sorry for you in your mansion with your drug habit because it's a, a little bit more than we've got in a terraced house in Accrington. So uh, yeah, bye-bye baby. I don't know. He's never going to be what he was, but I would like to think that he's, he's another one that uh, gets a second chance. Yeah, that would be nice. A little bit off topic, but, mm. but no, he is, uh, I didn't realise he is another of the gays. No, I did not know that either. Yeah. I thought Pink News or something would have uh, picked up on that. And, yeah. Maybe I'll write an article, but and welcome, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can get him on the podcast and talk about being a gay. Yes, yes. Him, him and Stephen Fry. Roving over old times and how much Colombian marching powder they both snorted. <laughs> yeah. But Stephen Fry, he's given some amazing talks. He did. I remember him doing, I think it was one of the Wreath Lectures a few years ago, which is a a BBC thing that they do every year and they get guest speakers on to talk about. I think, I think it revolves around the BBC and broadcasting mm. more than anything else. And he's given an impassioned speech on the licence fee. And this was it, this speech was about half an hour long. It might even have been even longer. Now, it takes an incredible skill to make a speech that long without notes or a script. Yeah. Without umming and aahing and mm. wandering off down rabbit holes as... <laughs> Can you imagine us doing that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we manage it. We manage it, but we're professionals. <laughs> and just this incredibly knowledgeable speech about something with passion and, and verve about it. It's not just, I believe passionately in this and we should all be moving forward for a better world. And it's not It's not mm. that. There's more to it. There's a, there's a vibrancy to everything that he says and every interview that he gives. It's all... It's alive and it's it's well informed and a lot of interviews you see on TV they're not like that. I've not seen it yet, but have you seen the Courtney Cox one with Graham Norton? That's been slated this week as somebody who really couldn't be asked being there. Oh no! Wow. Oh no! She just looked completely bored and she was giving sort of one word answers and to promote Scream Five or Six yeah. or Seven or whatever it is that it isn't where they're up to now. But that's it. You see so many and. Yeah, well, Stephen Fry is a celebrity, isn't he? Mm. Uh, but you, there are so many people who would be categorised as a celebrity alongside Stephen Fry, yeah. who, if you ask them what they think of the the license fee, be like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, he pays my bills. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, he will have done some research, but as you say, it all comes from from the heart. And whatever he's talking about, if they asked him to speak about 
I don't know, orangutans, mm. and it wasn't something that he knew anything about, then he wouldn't do it. You know, he, he wouldn't just, or, or he would say, right, I don't know anything about orangutans. I'll go away and find something out, but maybe I'm not the best person. He, he strikes me as, you know, whereas if you asked Amanda Holden <laughs> to do it, she'd be like, yeah, yeah, I can talk for <laughs> half an hour. And, and she probably would. She wouldn't do any research. She'd probably talk and she'd take the money. And we wouldn't know anything about orangutans by the end of it, but she she got paid for it, and that's kind of what sets Stephen Fry apart. He's got well, he was the perfect host for QI. Mm. He's now been taken over by Sandy Toxfig, who who is a a worthy successor. I mean, she's equally, you know, she's she's on that level Mm. of if somebody fires something at her, obviously they've got an earpiece, yeah, but. They're straight back. They're not. They're not filling time while the researchers find something for them to say. They're straight back with, no, 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 no. This, this Renaissance painter in the sixteenth century. It was. Uh, it's straight back. Yeah. This is encyclopedic knowledge that the vast majority of people don't have, and it's just bloody there. Mm. And he's just entrancing to watch. Again, Graham Norton. He's been on Graham Norton. Graham Norton. We we both have a, a soft spot for as a, a show because the guests. They are the focus of the show. But Stephen Fry has been on it. I think he's been on it a few times. But he has ended up being the focus. The guests have all started talking to him. Yeah. And he's been entertaining these mesmerised, usually American guests. Yeah. With his knowledge. And it's just, you think, it's just brilliant to watch. It's brilliant to watch. He seems like the kind of guy who it would be really nice to sit down in a pub and have a few beers with, and just just asking loads of questions. Well, I'm putting together my. It's a long, slow burn. This one. I'm putting together <laughs> my my ideal dinner guest. Right. He is on the list. Mm. There's him and Colin Baker. Colin right. Baker is okay. another one who's a very erudite man. Tom Baker would be. Tom Baker would be on there. I think that. Uh, that would be a clash of wills if Tom Baker was in there. But Colin Baker, when you hear him talk, he's another one. He's a wordsmith. Mm. He's got a real passion for for words. I don't. I can't understand why he's not been on. He, he's had a stint on Dictionary Corner right. on Countdown, and he's exactly the sort of person that you want because he's got this encyclopedic knowledge of words, and he'll go through scripts. And you know, do you really mean that word? Do you not mean this word? And, <laughs> So he's not an actor that just churns it out. Same stable as, as Stephen Fry. We must do that. That's, a, that's an episode I'm going to scribble down. Ooh. Ideal dinner guests. We each get four. Okay. It's, it's one to chew oh, over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But rounding off on, on Stephen Fry, yeah, he's just one of those national, I think he's a, a, attained national treasure status. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a, an accolade reserved for, you, you really need to have put the hours in to get that now. And now he can add to that the birthday honours accolade that he's going to carry with him for the for the next year. He can indeed. So Stephen, I salute you, sir. I present you with this prestigious award. Amen. Men being the opposite. Yes. Forever and ever gay men. <laughs> yes, queen. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. So, uh, yes, we don't do feather bows and things for the awards. It's just they are as important as they are. They've got the yes. award. We don't need to <laughs> sully it by draping them with pink feather bows. <laughs> it's not what he would have wanted. It's not. It's not. <laughs> there we have Ken's first birthday on a crowned. 
may there be many more, but Stephen, carry the crown with you proudly. For 2022. <laughs> for the rest of the year. We are off to celebrate your birthday, Ken. We're, I'm sure we'll be back next week. If not, Ken will be tied to a lamppost somewhere in the... Uh, in, in Wales. In darkest <laughs> Wales, yeah. God almighty. <laughs> what am I doing? I'm going to Wales voluntarily. <laughs> this had better be good. <laughs> there will be gin. Until next week, boys and girls, thank you for listening. Goodbye. Nine Bob Note featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Title music was by Mark Scheiman, and the programme was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.